0: He charged me with resisting arrest. So- Get that confidence yeah. in jail. I object. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Allegedly Bravo. The Court of Public Opinion is back in session. I'm your host slash judge, um, Lauren. Allegedly Bravo is your number one source for entertainment law and news Um for entertainment law. So first, we need to catch up. Um, as you guys know, I have a second podcast with uh, my friend, Classic Sky Tops, Leah, and it's called Can We Talk About? And that episode, we just posted a really fun one about Thanksgiving. Um, also, today's episode is sponsored by the Morally Corrupt Shop. Um, use code allegedly in the Morally Corrupt Shop Etsy store for 20% off. Today's episode is going to be about Taylor Swift and the Eras tour and how that whole debacle started such a crazy, 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 crazy fiasco, resulting in litigation. I don't know. Legislation? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Um, But first, we need to talk about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because there's a lot going on there. The first thing I want to talk about is the fact that Erica Jane returned the wrong earrings. Excuse me. So what I'm understanding here is that Erica Jane was supposed to turn in. Remember those earrings that were the subject of that whole lawsuit with the victims and the orphans and the widows. And Erica Jane was supposed to return the earrings. And then they were on appeal for legal reasons, which you can see my pronouns are she, her. We're also, I'm for all of our listeners on the podcast, I'm also live streaming this on um, TikTok. So if you'd like to catch this over on TikTok, I'm going to try to go live around 2.33 o'clock on Sundays and record the episode. Um, so just wanted to let you know that. So the the story that I heard about these earrings is that Erica Jane was supposed to you know, return the earrings. We did the episode on it last week. And... Word on the street, according to Ronald Richards, at Ronald Richards, is that she didn't do that. She she turned in a different pair of earrings. So yes, that is true that the original earrings, they were stolen in 20, 2007. So that's a good question. I was wondering if that's what Ronald Richards was talking about. Because if you listen to our last episode, we talked about how... Erica had those earrings. they got stolen, and then the w- earrings that she's wearing now are replacement earrings. Well, if that's true, then the earrings that she turned in would be the replacement earrings, which wouldn't be the original earrings. So but the thing is Ron Richards should have known that. like if that's if that's true and they were the replacement earrings, then him putting out that statement was like really incredibly in poor taste. So I think it's interesting. I want to know more about what earrings got turned in. Were they the ones that we watched her um, wear all season? Were they a totally different pair? Were they cubic zirconia? I mean, CZs. Like how fun would that be if she turned in fake earrings? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll s- I'm curious about these earrings. Another Another headline straight out of Beverly Hills is... Allegedly, allegedly, okay, Mm-hmm. Diana Jenkins, an attorney came out and said the $100,000 to the orphans and widows, false. That's what Sam Edelson says. She never gave that money to the orphans and the widows. Well, we also did an episode on this a little bit ago. What Diana did is she started her own, the Selena organization, I think is what she called it. And she donated a hundred thousand dollars to her own brand new little organization and said it was for the orphans and the widows. But one Google search into that thing would show you it was just to her own self. So a lawyer came out and said she never donated it to the orphans and the widows. The lawyer that came out and said it was, um, I always want to call him Sam Edelman, like the shoe brand, but it's Jay Edelson, like the lawyer. So he is the one who said that she never gave the money to the orphans and the widows. I believe I said it first. So, but I guess, you know, Jay Edelson, Sam Edelman, just, she has, he has more of a genocide than me, I guess, a little more pull. The last thing that I heard about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills that I would love confirmation on is I heard that Andy Cohen said that it was going on a hiatus. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily would like that to happen. I would appreciate the hiatus to not go forward and I would appreciate a next season. I think there's no way we can leave it on, on... Just these women fighting over unaired footage. I mean, if you're going to do all that and then I don't even want it to come back, then don't even have it come back and make it be a whole new show. I don't know. That's just my, that's my opinion. Let me know if this is true or not. I would really, I really am curious to see if this is true or not. Okay. Now let's get back into. oh, one more thing before we move on to Taylor Swift, I heard that on the girls next level podcast, I don't know if you guys are listening to that. It's a podcast with Bridget Markhart and Holly Madison, um, who used to be girlfriends of Hugh Hefner and the girls next door. Well, they have a podcast called girls next level. And when I was listening to it, they mentioned several times that they don't get paid for that show. They never like for the first couple of episodes or seasons, they didn't get paid for that. Mm -mm all work and no pay. We have a word for that in America and we abolished it a while ago. So if that is the case and Hugh Hefner was having these women and E was having these women work and be naked on TV for free, I think we all need to have a quick sit down, a little chit chat, because that's just like inappropriate. All right. Taylor fucking Swift, the queen of my world. So Taylor Swift just shattered records everywhere. She blew up the whole world and really changed my life for the better. Okay. So what happened was she's like, oh, I'm going to release this new album and I'm going to tease it for a really long time. And it's going to be called Midnight. And then she just consistently pulled Taylor Swift and like blew our mind at every curve. Well, at her most recent Blowing Our Mind at Every Curve, she's like, and I'm going to do a tour called the Eras Tour where I'm just going to sing everything. So does this mean we're getting all the re-records before this Eras Tour? I would hope so, because, right? I mean, I think I want her to sing them all. Well, she announces this big old tour. And, of course, there's only, like, one place to get tickets, right? Ticketmaster. So there's all these ways that you can get tickets. Um, You can get a capital one card. You can do a verified fan, or you can like, I don't know, be a billionaire. So I was very lucky. I mean, really, honestly, the fates were on my side because I was having the worst day of my life. It was the day that, that miss Heidi ran away. The dog ran away overnight. Well, later that night. I thought I was kicked out of line because the queue kept freezing or pausing or whatever. turns out I wasn't kicked out of line. I was simply on pause. I mean, put me on pause, Andy. And they put me on pause, but the queue opened back up and I was able to get three tickets to the Taylor Swift concert. Hello. I'm so excited, right? Well, unluckily for a lot of other people, they didn't get tickets to the Taylor Swift concert. And this is where the fiasco begins. So when Midnight's debuted, it debuted as number one on the Billboard 200. Okay. I don't even care if it was the Billboard 100 or the Billboard 10. It was number one. That's pretty cool. So from this album that had 13 songs on it, or if you, of course it's Taylor Swift. So if you went to Target, got the Target CD, then you could have these extra songs. But of course, when I got it, I didn't get the extra songs because I got the vinyl because I wanted the purple vinyl, but the purple vinyl didn't have the extra songs, which is a whole nother comment on capitalism that I think will be my criminal behavior. But anyway, on that album, it had like a bunch of songs, 13 of them to be exact. And the top 10 of the hit top 100 were all Taylor Swift. She occupied every single spot in the top 10 she was the first artist in history to ever do so okay this is like mind-blowing so of course this creates a huge unprecedented demand for these concert tickets like everybody wants these concert tickets now right well this is not just a concert for the midnight's album this is the era's tour and it's the last concert she's the first concert she's given in the last five years And in between her Reputation tour and this tour, she's released four studio albums, Lover, Folklore, Evermore, and Midnight, and re-recorded two of her earlier works, which is Red and Fearless. So we're still waiting on Debut, Speak Now, 1989, and Reputation and Lover re-records. Maybe we'll get them. Maybe we won't. I don't understand how we couldn't give them. get these um, re-records because we got to have something to sing in the eras tour or else it's like not eras, right? It's like the two eras that we have and the four new ones, which I guess is a lot. I shouldn't be complaining, but I would, I always want a little more. So critics everywhere have been warning against Ticketmaster's dominance in this industry for years and years and years. Um, In fact, they were worried critics everywhere. We're worried when Live Nation and Ticketmaster got together and they like merged and created one conglomerate. Conglomerate, that's such a hard word to say. Um, So, you know, and even earlier than that, which we'll get into like Ticketmaster, like Pearl Jam had it out for Ticketmaster in the 90s and it was well-deserved. And so the Swifties are just picking up where the Pearlheads left off. I don't know if that's what they're called, but if I was a Pearl Jam, Person, I'd want to be called a pearl head or like a pearl, a pearl necklace. That would be so bad. It would kind of be funny, though. I wonder what they were called. I don't know. I was four. Um. Okay. So now this latest fiasco with Taylor Swift and her upcoming tour, like, and people not able to get tickets and the pauses and the queues and the kicking out of line and all of that. Well, obviously that got the Swifties outraged. And there's really almost nothing worse than a pissed-off Swifty. Um, they're very serious. So, of course, when all of us got pissed, it gave ammunition to lawmakers to, like, revamp this antitrust system. Which basically prevents one company for having a monopoly on, like, an entire industry. So, like, they wouldn't want Sprint, you know to have all the self-service like you want to have Verizon and T-Mobile like you want competition in the network or that's what they do so now they have to like look into this and be like well is Ticketmaster like inappropriately having a monopoly over um selling tickets for live events and concerts and stuff well now that this whole Taylor Swift fiasco started uh, Congress has like what it needs to be like, yo, America's pissed. Cause guess what? We're pissed. People just want their tickets by golly. Um, so this, you know, John Oliver, who's just a king and icon and a legend, you know, I stole that from Danny Pellegrino. Um, he did a whole 20 minute segment on this like antitrust, like ticket master thing where they're all like being crazy. And he, his 20 minute rant was like all about how Ticketmaster is the largest ticket broker ever and its parent company, Live Nation. Those two together are all to blame for the price gouging, astronomical fees, and withholding of concert tickets. Um, so he said that there are, this is John Oliver's alleged that there are three reasons why Ticketmaster um, and like why people are paying so much more through Ticketmaster these days by like using those services. So he says, this is why the first is that ticket prices have gone up. Okay. Obviously Like I was just looking in, I have a bunch of like scrapbooks from growing up and I had a concert ticket from my first concert, which was Britney Spears. And it was at the Irvine Amphitheater. And it was like the best concert ever. Hashtag blessed. Um, I had box seats. I went with a friend. So I was like taken with, like, I didn't have these tickets because my parents were rich. Like someone else's parents were rich and I got to benefit. I don't know. I I can't be sorry for that. But the ticket price was like $56. And I realized that like back then that was a lot of money, but I mean, John Oliver's right. Like ticket prices have drastically gone up. Like, I don't even think you could probably see like Your brother's high school band for, for, for $56 now, like it costs so much money to put on a show, to plug things in, to use electricity, to like get things there. Like, of course. So that makes sense. Reason number one, obviously ticket prices have just more than tripled partly because of the elaborate productions, which is going to take more insurance because of, if you look at live nation's history with Mr. Travis Scott, but but You know how we feel about Travis Scott on this podcast (laughs) down. We don't like him. He's a bad man insurance, all of that. Okay. Second are that the fees are tacked on to each ticket. Okay. Thanks, John Oliver. I don't think you were saying anything new with that one, but like, I guess, thanks for saying it louder for the people in the back. So John Oliver said that each ticket can have fees that are almost 78% the cost of the ticket price. So like say your ticket's a hundred bucks, you might have $78 in fees. And that's so true. My mm-hmm. tickets that I got for the Taylor Swift concert were $279. The fees were way more than that. Like just the ticket master fee alone was $71 per ticket. Like I paid for almost a whole extra ticket just in Ticketmaster fees. And it's like, for what? For waiting in line? And then you like taking away all these other people's rights to see the show? Uh-uh. And then John said that the biggest reason why it's increasingly difficult to score tickets is because Ticketmaster holds back as many as 90% of tickets for the secondary market. That's like credit card companies, club promoters, um, radio stations, fan clubs, things like things like that, uncut jobs. Well, now Ticketmaster is facing the Department of Justice who's like, we're going to be looking into this. And I think if anyone's seen anything from Merrick Garland in these last couple of years, is the DOJ is going to look into it. Like, I'm pretty sure, and if they have a hearing on it, they better have it on TV like they did with this Trump stuff because this is incredibly important incredibly important stuff. Um so the Ticketmaster is facing a DOJ investigation. Um and the people are saying, listen, Live Nation has way too much control over this industry. They need to back it up, back it off. They need to like get some more competition going in this forum and we need more than one Ticketmaster. Okay, it's ridiculous. People are urging President Biden and his administration to wake the fuck up, get off your ass and do something. In the words of Kim Kardashian, wake up, get off your fucking ass and work. Um, Not that he's not busy, but this takes importance, Joe. Joe, come on, get on here. We need to get these tickets going. Um. And so they want Joe to look into it and be like, listen, is this a monopoly or is it not? I mean, after the 2010 Ticketmaster Live Nation merge, it's like, it is a little crazy. Like, you can really only get tickets through Ticketmaster. Like, what is that? Even if you go to the movies, like, you could pick AMC or Regal or whatever else. Like, I don't know what other movie companies there are out there, but I know there's at least two. It's like StubHub, is that even around? I don't know, SeatGeek I think was a thing. But apparently this whole probe, the proby probe into like Ticketmaster way predated the whole Taylor Swift thing. Like we're hearing about it now because like I said earlier, they have the little ammunition that they need to sort of like get the, you know, the people behind this probe 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 is so weird. Um, so the high-profile nature of this is, like, really thrusted into the spotlight. Um, in addition to the Department of Justice probe and pressure from Congress, Tennessee Attorney General Jonathan Skirmidy, a Republican with a lot of consonants in his name, said on Wednesday that he would launch an investigation into Ticketmaster after complaints that the ticket sale process for Taylor Swift's tour did not go smoothly. Well, um, Tennessee Attorney General Jonathan Skirmike to Kitty Gigi. I agree. They did not go well. So that was like the most obvious thing you could have ever fucking said. Um, But anyway, Taylor Swift released a statement and I, I screenshotted it from someone who posted it on their Twitter. And the thing that I thought was funny about this screenshot is that it was posted 32 seconds before this person I took it from screenshotted it. And like, that's Swifties right there. Like, that's how you know we're going to get this thing through Congress. Like, I feel like I Woods, we're just, we're going to do it. Okay, this is like bruisers bill. So Taylor Swift's statement reads as follows. Well, it goes without saying that I'm extremely protective of my fans. True. We've been doing this for decades together. And over the years, I've brought so many elements of my career in-house. I've done this specifically to improve the quality of my fans' experience by doing it myself with my team who care as much about my fans as I do. It's really difficult for me to trust an outside entity with these relationships and loyalties and excruciating for me to just watch mistakes happen with no recourse. There are a multitude of reasons why people had such a hard time to try to get tickets. And I'm trying to figure out how this situation can be improved moving forward. I'm not going to make excuses for anyone because we asked them multiple times if they could handle this kind of demand and we were assured that they could. It is truly amazing that 2.4 million people tried to get tickets, wow. But it really pisses me off that a lot of them feel like they went through several bear attacks to get them, true. And to those who didn't get tickets, All I can say is that my hope is to provide more opportunities for us all to get together and sing these songs. Thank you for wanting to be there. You have no idea how much that means. So Taylor's pissed and so are we, so like rightfully so, right? Um, But how did Ticketmaster fuck this up so bad? Like, Taylor's apologizing for everyone, but really Ticketmaster is the one that fucked all this up, so what did they do? Well, before tickets were available to the public, obviously Ticketmaster had to know. I mean, if you just look and see how many number one fucking songs or number one through 10 songs this woman had from her last album, you would be able to know that you're probably going to sell a lot of fucking tickets to this little shindig, right? So before tickets became available to the public, they know how many seats they have. Seating is actually limited. Like this isn't a digital event seating is limited. So they know how many people or that like an astronomical amount of people want tickets. They know how many seats they have. So before tickets became available to the public, they offered pre-sale to verified fans. I don't know if any of you guys did the verified fan thing, but you basically had to like fill out all this stuff, pick whatever concert, like you were going to try to get tickets to, you could pick up to three shows. I only picked Minneapolis because that's where I live, and like it's just expensive. And like I don't have infinity dollars to go run around this nation and see this woman. It's just I don't have that kind of a time. Um, so you put in all your information, you picked what show, and then Ticketmaster let you know if you were selected as a verified fan or not. If you were selected as a verified fan, then you got a pre-sale code and you could take that pre-sale code. Login, and that's where the queue started on the day of. So um more than two million tickets were sold for the tour in the first pre-sale day. Holy shit, that's so many. Ticketmaster said it was their record, and it's like obviously we knew that. Okay, so if you just took a look at the last record-breaking one, which was Taylor Swift, by the way, you would see that a lot of people want to see this lady dance. And sing, and she means a lot to a lot of people. So, they probably should have planned a little better, but I bet you a man was in charge. No offense. So, Ticketmaster's record for the most ticket sales in one day obviously was because of Taylor Swift. The website completely crashed, which is why I thought I was kicked out of the line and why I thought I didn't get tickets. And I'm sure many of you guys thought that too. Um, so Ticketmaster said they sent codes to 1.5 million fans to participate in this pre-sale. Um, so did they think that the 1.5 million fans were only going to buy one ticket each and that they'd have half a million tickets left over? Like that's not how economics works, baby boy. This is what happens when you put khaki panted men with master's degrees in charge. It's like, you don't even know. And they're running around like the optics don't look good. Yeah. The optics don't look good, Steve. Okay. They don't look good. They don't look good. So they said that then two hun- two, I'm sorry, 200, <laughs> no, no. 2 million additional people were put on the wait list for tickets after the 1.5 million went on sale. They're already out of tickets. I mean, there's not that many seats. So way to go. You fucked it up. The company said it decided on the amount of people in each group based on the data of the fans participating and buying tickets. So they looked at, like, the data in the past and were like, oh, this many people bought tickets last time, so we should have enough for this many. Okay, well, they didn't look hard enough because they didn't have enough. They weren't prepared. And they should know that, like, after such a long time, people are really going to want to see this show. I just, I don't know. Um, So on Thursday, Ticketmaster was like, you know what? We're just going to cancel this whole thing. We're just going to cancel it. So they canceled general sale that was slated for Friday. And they said, look, due to an astronomically, no, they didn't say that. They said extraordinarily high demands on ticket systems and insufficient remaining ticket inventory to meet that demand. They had to cancel general sale. So. They basically were like, "Uh, we can't handle it. We got to cancel. I bet you, like if I'm Taylor Swift and I'm like, oh, you guys are selling tickets to like my massively popular show while I'm like riding the high of occupying every spot on the billboard top 10. Now you're going to tell me I can't sell tickets to my little show. Like people want to see her sing and dance. I've said it before. So they canceled the tickets. Well, although they said that they were, that the issues that they had were due to high demand, the people who are like advocating for the antitrust reform and who want Congress to look into this and see if there's a monopoly and split this company up, they're saying it's because they have a monopoly that Ticketmaster doesn't have to care about fixing up their website. Like, when there's a, comp- a competitive market, the people who are in the market want to like make their website better. Like, oh, well, you know, my 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 Wi-Fi is faster than your Wi-Fi. And, like, join this network because they go faster in this and that. Well, if Ticketmaster is the only one selling the tickets, they're like, yeah, I mean, we'll just like hire a few more people, whatever. Clickety clack. There's no incentive to like become better. They can just rest on their laurels. And I don't think that's a good place to rest. So Ticketmaster released a statement. It was a very long one. And I'm going to read it. And if I get tongue-tied, sorry. Ticketmaster's statement is as follows. As we have stated many times in the past, which is already we're not starting off on a good foot. If you're starting off your apology by being like, listen, we've said it before. We'll say it again. I think we have a problem here. So let's start over. As we've stated many times in the past, Live Nation takes its responsibilities under the, anti- under the antitrust laws seriously and does not engage in behaviors that could justify antitrust litigation, let alone orders that would require it to alter fundamental business practices. The concert promotion business is highly competitive, really, because I think you guys are like the only ones, with artist management in control of selecting their promoting team. The demand for live entertainment continues to grow, and there are more promoters than ever working with artists to help connect them with fans through live shows. The Department of Justice itself recognized the competitive nature of the concert promotion business at the time of the Live Nation Ticketmaster merger. That dynamic has not changed. Ticketmaster has a significant share of the primary ticketing service market because of the large gap that exists between the quality of the Ticketmaster system and the next best primary ticketing system. The market is increasingly competitive nonetheless, with rivals making aggressive offers to venues. That Ticketmaster continues to be the leader in such an environment is a testament to the platform and those who operate it not to any anti-competitive business practices. So they're like, oh, yeah, we're just the best. And that's why we're the best. And it's like, no, eh. it's because no one else can play in your sandbox because you've peed all over it and there's no room for anybody else. Five years ago, tickets were paper and now you scan them with your phone and you can t- transfer tickets to your friend with one tap. We innovate and invest in our technology more than any other ticketing company. And we will continue to do so. Sidebar, it's really like not that cool that you can like transfer your tickets with a tap like newsflash. We've all had Apple drop or whatever, Airdrop for years. And I've been using Apple Pay, like I can literally pay for things on my phone. Like it's not that cool that you can send a little ticket digitally. Like grow up, live nation. Jeez, secondary ticketing is extremely competitive with Ticketmaster competing with StubHub, SeatGeek, Vivid, and many others. I don't believe that that's true, but go off, sis. No serious argument can be made that Ticketmaster has the kind of market position in secondary ticketing that supports antitrust claims. For the past 12 years, Live Nation has operated under a con, uh, sorry, Under a consent decree that, among other things, seeks to prevent anti-competitive leveraging of Live Nation promoted content to advantage Ticketmaster. Pursuant to the amended decree voluntarily entered in 2020, Live Nation's compliance is monitored by a former federal judge. Oh, and, you know, those could never be, you know, corrupt. Just ask Tom Girardi. Anyway, there has there never has been and is not now any evidence of systemic violations in the consent decree. It remains against Live Nation policy to threaten venues that they won't get Live Nation shows if they do not use Ticketmaster. And Live Nation does not reroute content as retaliation for a lost ticketing deal. Ticketmaster is also the most transparent and most fan-friendly ticketing system in the United States. Like, that was the most Trumpy thing they could have said. And when they said it like that, I was just like, (laughs) grow up. They're like, we're the best. We're just like the most transparent. We're the most fan-friendly. And it's like, I don't really know if you're fan-friendly if we're all really mad at you. I think you're fan-unfriendly. Okay, Ticketmaster, according to them in their statement that's still going on, Ticketmaster does not set or control ticket prices, strongly advocates for all-in pricing so that fans are not surprised by what tickets actually cost and is the undisputed market leader in the ticket, security, and fighting box. Okay, did Diana's counsel write this? It sounds like. Ticketmaster also does not embrace deceptive and questionable secondary ticketing practices prevalent on rival sites, such as speculative ticketing. We are proud of the work we do across both concerts and ticketing and will continue to work to improve and support the live events industry. Okay. It's like say less. Why did they have so much to say there? They really should have stopped. So anyway, that really wasn't true because what actually happened was in 2019, the DOJ did find that Ticketmaster had violated the provisions in their consent decree that was crafted at the time of the merger. Um, the department entered into a new agreement with the company extending the decree to 2025 and adjusting the language. and that's what they were like, oh, we never violated it. Maybe you didn't violate the new one, but you violated the old one. So the never thing's like not good. Okay. And the most iconic Democrat from Minnesota, besides myself, is Amy Klobuchar, who says, as the chairwoman of the Senate Judiciary Antitrust Subcommittee, she sent a letter to Michael Rapino, who's the president and CEO of Ticketmaster Live Nation. And he was, she was pressing him on concerns over the anti-competitive behavior. Good for her. Love that. Um, And just so you know, this is not the first artist like we've talked about before. This is not the first artist who's tried to come up against Ticketmaster. In fact, Pearl Jam, the pearlers, the Pearl Necklaces, they came up against Ticketmaster for literally almost the same exact reason. So this is according to Rolling Stone magazine. They said that America's most powerful rock band thought it had Ticketmaster in its sights this year, which was 1994, by the way, was when this article was written. By swearing off the ticket giant during their summer tour, Pearl Jam tried to crack Ticketmaster's dominance in the concert business. So in their 1994 tour, Pearl Jam was like, fuck you. Like, why? I don't want to have to go through you. Like, you're charging our people fans it's always a surprise or jacking up the prices. Like we're not going to be here for it. Um. So com- So Pearl Jam was like super committed to like showing everyone, like going behind the golden curtain and showing everyone like the hidden costs that are passed on to concert fans. And it was like to embolden their their new status as America's number one best-selling rock act. They laid down the guidelines for their tour and they said, look, It's going to be $1.80 in service fees, and the tickets will be $18. Okay, um, justice for Pearl Jam. Maybe everyone should have $18 tickets. Um, Well, after that, the Department of Justice got involved. And so Pearl Jam was like, you know what? We're actually not going to go on tour because we have to go fight for justice and the Department of Justice. And so Pearl Jam was like, okay, we'll be involved in your little antitrust thing against Ticketmaster because it is the right thing to do. So there was a whole federal investigation um, that Ticketmaster had a monopoly. Well, another problem that Pearl Jam exposed was that Ticketmaster's exclusive contracts weren't visible to consumers until Pearl Jam like showed everyone and was like, look, this guy is telling us, and and Pearl Jam showed that the CEO of Ticketmaster, who at the time was Fred Rosen, they said, the brainchild of Ticketmaster is simple. Inflate service prices, particularly for concert tickets, into the $4, $6 range, and then offer 20% of the profits to a particular location if the venue agrees to use Ticketmaster exclusively. So, an example that they use to like show what this means is like exclusive Ticketmaster contracts is they send, for example, in Chicago, a band can't play at the Rosemont Horizon, the United Center, Soldier Field, the Ari Crown Theater, or the New World Music Theater, the major venues in the city, by the way, unless they agreed to have Ticketmaster sell, and distribute all the tickets for these shows and venues. So basically, if you didn't agree to have Ticketmaster sell your shit, you weren't going to go to Chicago and perform. Well, that doesn't seem fair. Um, So they were kind of pissed. And unfortunately, at that point in time, the people in Washington, D.C. weren't on Pearl Jam's side either. And, you know, actually in DC, a bill requiring that ticket service fees be spelled out on all the ticket stubs. It got defeated. And thanks in part to the efforts of two high powered lobbyists hired by Ticketmaster, like lobbyists are a whole other thing. And it's like, how do you sleep at night knowing that you just spent all day trying to get concert tickets to be more expensive because of some company? It's like, fuck off. Who cares? Ticketmaster doesn't go to sleep at night. You go to sleep at night. You should be able to sleep at night. Who cares? It's a fucking company. So whatever. For more than a year, the department staffers interviewed the artists and managers and tour professionals and like competitors of Ticketmasters and box office staffers. And they were like trying to determine if these exclusive contracts with these venues did violate antitrust laws. Um, then on July 5th, way back in the 90s, um, with much of the capital empty from Independence Day. So this is sneaky. So they waited until the 4th of July weekend when everyone was gone. And the Justice Department issued a two-sentence statement saying that its investigation was closed. It's over. Please leave. You're done. Please leave. And it was Heather Dubrow who issued the statement. So then the Ticketmaster spokesperson spoke out and they were like all like shaking their shoulders off from being like, oh, we just got stepped on by Pearl Jam. And they said in their statement, getting attacked by a superstar rock band is a lot like being accused of kicking your dog. There's a general presumption of guilt until proven innocent. Luckily, the facts were on our side and we prevailed. Can you imagine being like, uh, yeah, being accused of of hijacking ticket prices is a lot like being accused of kicking your dog. Like, no, stealing and animal abuse are a bit different, Fred. I can't even believe these people. Who puts them in charge? Whatever. Well, most recently, um, in the March, most recently, according to the article that was written in 94, at that most recent point, movie phone remember that company you'd call into them seven 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 film and you'd like figure out what movies were playing so that company movie phone they uh, filed a suit against ticketmaster um and then ticketmaster actually tried to quash movie phone from getting involved in the live music industry and it's like So you're going to sit here and be like, no, we're like super open to like having competitive market and an open market. We don't have a monopoly, but you can't sell tickets and you can't for years. So the conclusion to all of this BS is because of Taylor Swift started by Pearl Jam in the 90s. Pearl Jam paved the road for one, Miss Taylor Allison Swift to prime the legislature that we as people elect to take a little look-see at all of this Ticketmaster bullshit and determine whether or not Ticketmaster and Live Nation have a monopoly. To me, it seems to be the case. There seems to be a little monopoly here. And that's why it's really important, everybody, and I'm gonna get luxury soapboxy right now, that you know who you're voting for and you know who is representing you in the legislature, because you never know, you never know when you're going to need someone to go up for you as a Swifty and say, no, we're a Swifty and a Pearl necklacy. We're for Pearl Jam and for Taylor Swift. And we're not standing for jacked up ticket prices. We're not going to do it. So that's what happened all because of Taylor Swift and her ears tour in. I don't know if you guys got tickets, but I got tickets and I'm not trying to brag, but I'm really excited about going. If she still has it, I hope she still has it. So let's talk about my criminal behavior. As you guys know, criminal behavior is the thing that happens out in the public that just like isn't illegal, but should be illegal. And today my criminal behavior is the behavior of being a capitalist and I know that it's like, Lauren, you just did a whole episode on Taylor Swift and that's true. And that's why my criminal behavior came up because I was looking into all of this and I was just like, this woman and this company are standing to make in the hundreds of millions of dollars from this concert. And on top of that, I bought the digital album and I bought the purple vinyl record from I don't know, Target or whatever, but there's songs on other records I didn't get. I'm supposed to buy four of these records. Like it's just, it's all too much. And then it's like merch and this and that. And it's like, oh, stop trying to make such a buck. Only we can make the buck (laughs) support small business. Um, That being said, today's episode was brought to you by the Morally Corrupt shop. Head on over to Etsy.com slash Morally Corrupt and use code ALLEGEDLY for 20% off. And um, that'll be really fun for you guys. And I will see you guys next week. And I'm not too sure what we'll talk about, but it'll be good. Okay, bye.